What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. The show that brings you in where the magic happens. Welcome to The Writer's Room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop writer, Vincent. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. It's been great to have, or to have a bunch of guests on. You're actually our last guest for the year. Uh, it's been really exciting. I've been really looking forward to this one. All right. Uh, so uh, we, we write for SifPop.com, providing you with movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. So make sure you check out the website, SifPop.com, to keep up with those. On today's show, though, we're going to be talking about a coming attraction. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about Wonder Woman 1984, which doesn't come out this week, but it's coming out soon, so it counts. Uh, where we'll give our thoughts on what's coming out soon uh, on, on Wonder Woman, and then we'll move on to the SIF topic, uh, which this week is our TV catch-up, third Wednesday of the month, talking TV. Uh, and then after we are done talking about TV for a while, we'll explore a B-plot, a question that we have, um, sent in from Joseph again, and uh, and then we'll wrap up with a spinoff, quick recommend or warn from each one of us. But first, as always, let's get a chance to know our writer this week. So Vincent, when did you realize that you had a passion for movies? Well, well actually, it was probably like maybe around when I was a- a- around eight or nine years old is when I really like started enjoying going to the movies. And you, you know, you know, w- you know, when you're a ki- when you're like a kid, like you know, you don't really have like 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 that discriminatory of, of of a taste like like you'll see good you'll you'll see good stuff you'll see bad stuff but like you really like you really don't have a developed taste at, at that age so you know like I you you know like like the summer before I got into third grade you know I was you know I was seeing you know critically acclaimed movies like Tarzan and and the Iron Giant while also see while while also seeing Inspector Inspector Gadget. So uh, sure. so um so, so yeah so yeah I, I, obviously I wasn't I, I, I wasn't I wasn't picky when, when it came to when it came to to uh, choosing a movie. But um you know obviously as as I go as I as I got older I was like oh you know like like this movie you know this movie this movie looks a lot better than this movie I'll, I'll go see that. So and then you know when, when I got into high school and then when, when I turned seventeen and I was able to to get into like into like R-rated movies and into like into like more adult like or like oriented oriented stuff like you know that's when that's when my love for movies like really started to really start to develop because 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 you know I had the chance to to add the chance to see all these all these movies that I that I never had chances to see before like 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 when I was seven like when I was when I turned seventeen and I would go blockbuster you know I I would I would rent movies like. I would rent like the Matrix movies. I would rent the Kill Bill movies. Sure. I, I would rent like Twenty One Grams, Revolutionary Road, American Beauty. I, I, I would rent like like all these like more more adult more adult movies. Sure. And I just you know that's 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 when I started to really like get into uh in, into into movies. Man, the good old days of blockbuster. Uh, you're, <laughs> uh, you're not kidding. <laughs> so uh, so with all that in mind, what's your favorite movie and why? I I would probably say my favorite movie of all of all time is is The Graduate because. See, okay. because like because I'm um, seeing as it's about a character who a character who who really does who who really like even though he just graduated from college he still really doesn't know what he wants to do with his life and I feel like that's something that anybody can relate to because you, you, you know you know not really just someone who's who's graduated from college but really like like any like anyone you know anyone like at any at any point in their life 
like, like probably had that moment where they were like, you know, what, what am I doing? What am I doing with myself? How is my life going to move forward from here? And it's just, and I feel like it's something that, that everyone has experienced. And, and actually the first time I did watch that movie, it, it was in my 12th grade English class. So, you know, it was like, you know, you know, graduating high school, like, like moving, you know, I'm moving on to like another phase of my life. And then I actually, and then, and then we actually watched it again, um, senior year of college. And what, what happened was that like, it was, it was the last week of class, last day of class. And my last ever class I went to was a film class. And, and that was, and that was the movie we watched. So that really like, so, you, you know, you know, like, like forgive the cliche, but you know, it really like, like struck a chord with me then that I was like, you know, wow, this movie really, this, this movie really is resonating with me a lot more than, than it did a few years ago. So, so that's, it's, that's really like, a, like the reason why it's my, my favorite of all time. Yeah, that's a, that's excellent. It's actually a movie on my list of shame, but, uh, um, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say the graduates, their favorite. So that's a really awesome, really interesting pick way to go. Um, so, so when did you get involved or how did you get involved in writing for Sif Pop is a better question. Well, well, I, w- I went, to, I went to, to college with Shane. He and I both went, he and I uh, both, both went to Ryder university. We were in, alter- we were, we were in al- alternative film club together. And, um, uh, you know, you know, you know, like he and I are, are always, are always texting with each other, just giving recommendations to each other. And one of, and one of our tech, in one of our dis- discussions, like he, um, but like I, I think he just like he he happened to mention that he write that he writes for for Sif Pop. So I, I started question I started questioning him about it, and I asked him, you know, is there is there a way how I how I could possibly write for for the website? And he and he said and he, he says you know he says he would put me in touch with with someone there. And then um and I told and I told him you know I'm going to um to a pre, to a preview screening at this art house theater about a half hour away from me. It, it was a, a screening for, for the movie The Farewell, and I, I told him. Oh, nice! I told him, you know, if you if you want, I can um I can write a review for this um for Sif Pop, and he said, yeah, go ahead. So I, I saw the movie, I submitted the review, and then ever since then, I've been writing, uh, I've been writing movie reviews for Sif Pop. I've been partaking in, in the best in the weekly best ever challenge, and and yeah. um yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just I'm really happy to have been given the opportunity uh, to write for you guys. Yeah, it's 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 just a joy hearing uh hearing how everybody gets involved writing and. Uh, just hear everybody's stories. I think that's one of the best things about writing for Sif Pop is that everybody has a story on on their relationship with movies and everybody loves writing about movies and here's how everybody kind of came to that conclusion that they really wanted to do it. They wanted to throw their opinions out there because, you know, having movie opinions is is a is a pretty risky thing in 2020. So yep. uh, <laughs> Uh, so I have one more question for you, just a little, little to get a little bit to know a little bit more about you, and that's uh, it's not movie related, but uh, it's it's just a silly random question. Okay. And that's if you so so presumably you have a car. I have a car. Uh, if you keep on replacing car parts, at what point does it stop becoming the same car that you bought? <laughs> wow. Um, like uh, this is a difficult question because I'm not a car person. No, I'm, <laughs> like, not, I'm, I, not, I'm not. I'm not either. <laughs> Like what? Like I drove a 1998 Toyota Camry for most of my life. Like, um, uh, you know, I, um, I'm not a car person. I don't, you know, I'll take whatever, you know, I drive a Nissan Altima. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm vanilla, but, um, yeah, I, I have a feeling like there, it's to me as not a car person, as long as the shell is still the same, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's, it's the shell. That's the thing. But at the same time, also like if I have to completely 
change out the engine, which by the way, I'd probably just rather buy a new car than change out the engine because it's probably cheaper to do that. But like if you have to if you have to change the engine, like the whole thing, if it goes kaput or or the shell, right? That that's that's my thinking. Uh, 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 you know, uh, again, I'm not a car person, so you know what? Uh, uh, so you know, I'm just gonna, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, you know, as as long as like, as as long as like the shell, as long as the shell remains the same, then it's then it's 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 still the it's still the car you buy. Sure, it's the same car. Yeah. It's just an upgraded version, yeah. right? Cool. All right. Well, on to movies. Let's talk. Let's talk about uh, movies for a bit. We're gonna move on to our coming attraction, where we're gonna be talking about a movie. And like, there are. There's always some stuff coming out. Uh, it's just. It's hard to keep track in 2020 because, especially, so many things are moving to digital platforms. Uh-huh. So many things are moving to Netflix, and those don't really appear on IMDb's coming soon page. And some of them are like always shifting around, or like they like to do surprise releases, or like they're just not like big enough that anybody's talking about them uh, for the most part. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes this a little bit difficult to plan. But luckily, we're having two movies come out on Christmas Day. Uh, one of them is going to be Wonder Woman 1984, and one of them is going to be Soul. And so next week, I'm going to be talking about Soul with Robert. But this week, Vincent, we're going to talk about Wonder Woman 1984. Big news as well uh, with they, with HBO announcing that this is going to be streaming on HBO Max the first day it's in theaters mm-hmm. as well. Uh, big news for that, and HBO recently expounded upon that and made that for the full year mm-hmm. that uh, that all their new releases are going to be doing that. And I'll talk a little bit more about that with uh, with Blake here in a, in two weeks uh, to get into little specifics about about what that means for film and um, and how. Uh, how things are going to kind of evolve from that and how long is that and what is this the right way to go for for the future movie so we'll talk about that in the future but just as far as this movie Wonder Woman 1984 uh synopsis for this movie is a, is fast forward to the 1980s as Wonder Woman's next big screen adventure finds her facing two uh, all two all new phones foes Max Lord and the Cheetah so Vincent you clearly know a little bit about this movie because it's wonder woman right everybody knows about uh, at least a little bit about wonder woman um if this were going to be a straight theatrical release and if there was no COVID in the world so we'll take those two out of the way um so this is just a regular movie release in any normal year then how excited are you for this movie would you go catch it opening night would you wait wait until a matinee to save a couple bucks would you wait until you can rent it at home would you wait until it's on a streaming service you already pay for you know so you don't pay for the movie uh, or are you just not interested in watching this movie you know I, 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 you know what? i'm not really i'm not really like that interested in, in watching it only because like actually like like you know i i still even have i've, I've only seen bits and pieces of, of the first one on tv and actually like um, you know, I, I'm honestly not trying to sound like a like a snob when I say this, but 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 like like the last the last superhero the last superhero movie I saw in theater in theaters was it was a uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and you know I, I really I really enjoyed it, but then like after that I was kind of like, you know I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like like over superhero movies just because like just because like there are just so many of them coming out and now like. They have all like sure. they have all these television shows coming out that they're saying are gonna link are gonna yeah. link into the movies and like I don't want to have to like watch a television show I'm gonna have to like I I, I don't want to have to watch a television show in, in either to order what's in, in in order to understand what's gonna happen in a in a movie so like so like I really haven't really watched that that many superhero movies over the last few years but but you know what, j- just for the sake of answering your question like. 
why I prefer see it in, in, a, in a theater as opposed to like on, on a streaming service. Just, just because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big movie. It's an event movie. You know, you want, you, you know, you want, you want, you want to, you want to see, you want to see that on a, on, 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 on a big screen, not but like, not, not, not the confines of a, of a laptop or a, or a TV. Even if your TV is, even if your TV is like six, like 60 inches. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Man, superhero fatigue is a real thing. As somebody who really loves superhero movies, uh, I mean, when you when you compare it to you know ten years ago or twenty or twenty years ago when we had like pretty much just Spider Man, X Men, and Fantastic Four, you know, and and those like Daredevil, Electro ones, like where it wasn't really much, um, and yeah. not everybody was going to see them. But all of a sudden, you have you know with, with Dark Knight trilogy and the mm-hmm. MCU and the DCEU, plus you have uh, the Venom movies and you have the X Men movies and you have like. It, it's, mm-hmm. I, I remember there being a year where there was two X-Men movies, there was three MCU movies, there was two DCEU movies, I think that was the same year Venom came out, and like, plus then all, you get all these like little indie ones, so yeah, superhero fatigue is a thing, because it seems like we're getting 10 superhero movies a year, and you know, sometimes they're very basic and very vanilla, you know, especially if you consider something like Kingsman, which is a comic book movie, you know, if, but doesn't necessarily feel like it all the time, but uh yeah, superhero fatigue is a real thing, and, uh, and and to some some studios it's hitting me, and to some it's not. Um, DCEU it is hitting me, uh, but I I don't care. I, I'm gonna watch every MCU movie that comes out um, as long as they're still gonna be this good. And uh, some of the indie ones I think tend to be some of the more unique ones, or like at least if their stories haven't mm-hmm. been told yet, like that's really cool. You know, like you know, like the original Hellboy with Guillermo del Toro. Like that's, that's super interesting. Uh, DCEU is the one I'm a little bit burnt out on uh, just because I don't really like any, most of them. Um, I talked about that with Ben on one of our first comic weeks. I don't really like most of them. Uh, And so I, the ones I am interested are like the Harley Quinn ones, but I'm not, I'm not really interested in more Aquaman. I'm not interested in more, definitely not, not not more Superman. Uh, I'll go see them, but Wonder Woman is one of the ones that like, Mm -hmm. sure. I like, I like Gal Gadot. And I like Patty Jenkins uh, directing it. I I had a blast okay. with the first movie. Uh, I'm I'm not quite opening opening night though. I think I think I'd be okay waiting waiting for a matinee. I mean, realistically, I'd probably go opening night. It, you know, if this wasn't a Christmas release, but uh, but I I think kind of where I'm going to say and on my official anticipation level is going to be matinee. There's enough about this movie and there's enough about the history of Wonder Woman that I'm I'm hesitant because like okay. that first movie is really good like excellent for the first two thirds and the last third kind of really sucks. So like if I didn't, if I didn't say I love well, the first well, you know, movie, as as then why should I be go, I, so excited? I will, to go to I the will say, one, right. If there's one, I'm, if there's one I'm looking forward to is I'm looking forward to the new Batman. The fact that it's going to be a standalone movie, like that makes me more inclined to see it because it's not like, Oh, I have to see all these other, all these other movies in, in order to like, understand what's going on here sure well and that's a and that's also a good point to bring up too because like this is wonder woman 1984 which means it takes place after wonder woman but it also mm-hmm. takes place before justice league and so you know I'm, I'm very curious on how marvel is also going to do this with black widow given that it takes place right before civil war so like how, how is all this going to work um how is the, how is what happens to this character mm-hmm. going to progress her from the original Wonder Woman, but not past Justice League, because that won't make sense unless this is some sort of alternate uh-huh. Flashpoint uh, world, which 
might be the case because they've been setting up Flashpoint, which, you know, so that might be the case that this wound up being an alternate universe the whole time, especially with the inclusion of Chris Pine. That's that's something I'm not quite sure that I, I think DC is going to handle terribly well because I don't, like I said, I don't think DC has handled a lot terribly well. I, I really think they need somebody to come in and take the reins like Kevin Feige uh, did with... Um, uh, with, with the MCU. And frankly, Star Wars needs the same person. Uh, and frankly, Star Wars should be Dave Filoni. I don't know who you get for DC to just be in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. But some somebody's got to come do it, it to, to give a sense of direction and to give everybody a cohesive vision on what they want this to look like. And I, I don't know, this this seems a little odd um, to me. I'm excited about the setting. The cast also, I'm excited about. I mean, uh, we have we have Return as Gal Gadot, Connie Nielsen, and uh, and Robin Wright, as well as Chris Pine, which I mentioned, which kind of doesn't really do it for me. But the other three are great. Uh, and then we have newcomers Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal. And like I love both of them. And I think Kristen Wiig as Cheetah is you know, inspired casting, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, you, what do you, you think? Know, you know, honestly, like since Kristen Wiig is playing a villain, that's like even though I'm not totally in, into superhero movies now, I think she's like the reason why I would go out and see Wonder Woman 1984 because, because like, you know, just because of like how all these hysterical characters that, that we've seen her play on, on like, on, on, on like set on like Saturday, Saturday night live and like, and like, and like various, like, like, like and various like comedic films, you know, she, she's like, she's like a top player when it, like, like when it comes to comedy these days. So just to see her like, you know the notion of seeing her in a villain role. You know it's it's an enticing prospect because 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 you know like she's she's gonna have a, a chance to show like to, to show like a possible new side of her of her acting range. And from like the bit from like the little tidbits that we've seen in like in like the in the in the full length trailer for nineteen for nineteen eighty four. I mean, like it, it it really does it really does seem like she will play like an interesting villain. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I, she's she's probably the thing I'm most excited in this movie for, is to see that portrayal of of Cheetah and specifically yeah. Kristen Wiig as it. I mean, honestly, I don't know how much more we can say. Like, <laughs> just because I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I mean, there's, gosh, I mean, there's so much to talk about. This was originally supposed to release in December, but it was supposed to come out the same uh, weekend as Star Wars did, and so they pushed it forward a month. But then for reshoots and whatnot, so it was supposed to be yeah, November then. Then I think for reshoots, they pushed it back to be a summer blockbuster for mm-hmm. 2020. Uh, yeah. And right, uh, yeah. and then because of COVID, and like, you know, I'm not going to fault them for pushing back because of COVID. If anything, it, it might make the movie even better if they have more time to play around with it. Um, that's one of the things I'm really interested to see is, you know, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, No Time to Die, Wonder Woman 1984. With with six months extra to work on these films, or in 007's case, a year extra to work on these films. Is that going to improve the film itself? Like, cause I wonder take Spectre and add an extra year to it. Is Spectre a better movie? Right. Um, so I mean, I'm interested to see how that plays out for here, but I mean, for the most part, I don't, I don't think they've done reshoots since last summer. I, I think it's, mm-hmm. yeah. And editing is a big thing about movies and sound design and, and, uh, and visual effects and all that. And, but like for them to for them to be afraid of Star yeah. Wars to pull it forward and like I get being afraid of Star Wars trust me I totally get that but also I don't know, I might have been willing to take the gamble because of how divisive the Last Jedi is might have might have been you know thinking you know maybe there's a lot of people that are just over Star Wars um, but you know but I think probably what it came down to is mm-hmm. theaters are only going to get one IMAX yeah. movie which one are they going to pick 
almost all of them are picking Star Wars. Um, so, so, so that's, that's probably part of it, but for them to be confident in it enough to pull it forward to November, but then to push it back six months, that that's a bit of a warning sign to me. And it's not, it's not like a, a huge warning sign, but it is, it is a warning sign, uh, to me. And, and like I said, just with not being the biggest fan of the original, I think it's one of the best DCEU movies, but it's still an excellent first two thirds and a really terrible, th- uh, last act. Um, you know, that, that means that I'm not necessarily going to be excited. And I think, um, the original one was close to like I, two hours, I saw that, yeah. which even then it felt a little long. This was going to be two and a half hours. And I just, I don't know if I want this to be two and a half hours. And like, it's partly because I don't, I haven't been fond of these, uh, of these DCEU films so far. Whereas like MCU, when they said Endgame was going to be three hours, I'm like, cool, bring it on. You've, you've showed me that. I will sit down and watch Infinity War for two hours and 45 minutes and I'll be totally happy. So give me the three hour movie um, and, you know, bold of you for doing that theatrically as opposed to an extended cut. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that DC has quite earned two and a half hours yet because the last time, the last time they had a two and a half hour movie that I remember was Batman versus Superman. And I don't want to talk about that movie anymore. Uh, Aquaman might've been as long, but I, I said Aquaman felt really long to me. I don't. I don't know that DC has quite yet earned incredibly long movies. Uh, it's just just my thought. So I don't know. There's enough about this movie that would say okay. I'd I'd check it out, but I'd probably wait for a matinee. Wait till it's on a discount night. Um, and uh, you know, and if the review, if follow the reviews because it's always based off reviews. But because this is going to be hitting HBO Max the first day, there's a good chance okay. I will watch this either t- December 25th or December 26th. It's a very good chance. Do you, uh, do you, I mean? Does that is that does that change? Like, are you gonna maybe get to it sooner because it's uh, already gonna be available? Yeah, on a streaming you know, service? you know, quite honestly, like because like I'm, I'm not really I'm not really into like those types of movies. Like right now, um, if if anything, I'll probably I'll probably watch it, but I'll just I'll just fast forward to to the scenes with with Kristen Wiig. Okay, I mean that's fair. It's you know, the comic book movies aren't for everybody, so. Well, hey, um, do you have any other thoughts you want to say about this before we move on? Or you just want to start talking about some TV? Uh, 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 we can move on to, to TV. Cool. There's only so much we can talk about beforehand. I think we've covered it all. So, talk about TV this week. Uh, um, to give us a, an idea of uh, of what you like have to watch from, uh, Vincent, what are like the uh, like the streaming services that you have access to? What do you pay for? Like, if you're still one of those people that have cable, like, is that what you do? Like, what all what all do you have access to? Uh, well, I still I still have cable. Um, and then as far as as far as streaming services go, <laughs> I, uh, I actually have like oh, quite a few. But but you know, don't get don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not like a like a TV junkie, like a like a streaming like a streaming junkie or or anything. But you know you know like certain streaming services have like have like certain things and like, it depends on like what, like what, I'm in the, what I'm in the mood for watching. So like, yeah, I have, I have, uh, I have Netflix, Amazon prime, Hulu, uh, HB, HBO now and, and, uh, H and HBO max. Uh, so no Disney plus for you. No, not for me. Not for you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, no Apple TV plus anything like that. Uh, Oh, actually, yeah, I do have, Apple, I do have Apple TV, but, but I, I haven't really, uh, used it. I, I, have, okay. I haven't used it that much. Cool. Yeah. I just know those are some of the other big ones that I think, you know, at least Apple plus, I think people forget about <laughs> largely because I don't know anybody that pays for Apple TV plus. It's always, I got a new iPhone this year and they gave it to me. Like anyway, uh, so says so that cool. Well, Hey, let's, let's just say, 
for some reason, right? Um, you know, the economy's taken a turn, and you have a budgetary crisis, and you only have to you only have enough to keep one streaming service. Uh, wh- which one would that be? Like, which one's your favorite? Which one's your like? This is the last. Yo, this is my final stand. Pro- probably, uh, probably Amazon, because okay, because like I, I I know Netflix has like really improved in terms of like the quality, like the quality of movies that they have. But you know, sometimes they may not they might not have what you're looking for. But like you know, if you go on an Amazon, if you you know s- you know say I say I want to watch like say I want to watch like Jurassic Park and Netflix doesn't have it, I can go on an Amazon and you know. You know, if I if I want to pay three like three dollars to rent it, I can I can I can rent it. Like like it'll like it'll, sure. it'll be it'll be there. It'll be there. Yeah, that's a good point that nobody's brought you up yet. Is that you know it, with Amazon at least, even if it even if they don't have it for free, like you could still pay for it. Yeah, you you don't you don't get that with uh, with Hulu or with HBO or Netflix. If they don't have it, mm-hmm. you don't watch it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an interesting point. And I th- I think Amazon might be the most underrated in terms of content, but they have such an awful interface. <laughs> um, so I, I think, I, I just think that sometimes people sleep on Amazon, like stuff that they have and you know, they, they have some pretty quality content and like, it ain't that expensive. So um, and, and, plus with all the other perks you get for prime anyway, but yeah. that, aside from that, uh, yeah, um, man, HBO, especially with them announcing that all these theatrical releases are going to come yep. to the service. And yeah, you know, again, I'll talk with that more about Blake, uh, more about that with Blake, you know, just uh, on how that's going to affect things and kind of what what my personal opinion is about some of those things. Um, you know, but but still, it's it's a big pro. It adds a lot more value. Fifteen bucks a month is a lot for you know when you have you know something like Hulu, which can be available for six, or Disney Plus, which can be available for six. But I I think they're well worth the content. I think they're well worth the fifteen bucks a month, and. Uh, yeah, it, it's only gonna. It only keeps improving, mm-hmm. especially you know as long since Netflix keeps on jacking up their prices. <laughs> uh, man, when's it never gonna stop with them? <laughs> um, cool. So, um, so what are some things that you've been like watching? Like, what are the, what are, what are the things that you're watching right now? Okay. Uh, well, well, actually, actually, um, you know what? Like for the most part, I have. I'm not really like that. I mean, you know, I, I do have some some TV stuff to talk about, but I'm just saying, like for the most part. I'm not really like that big of a TV guy because like, you know, with a movie, it's like, you know, two hours, you can move on to the next one. Whereas with a TV show, you have to like dedicate like, like, like so, like so, like so many, like so many hours to like, to like a show. And then, yeah, but, sure. but, but, you know, like I do have some favorites, like I'm um, actually, actually uh, let uh, like all throughout Thanksgiving weekend um, on, on E, they, on E, they had like a complete marathon of, of, th- of 30 rock and like, and like, Okay. And like you know, it had been a while since I, you you know, I've seen like I've seen like 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 every episode, but you know, it had been several years since I had watched any of it. Like like ever ever since the series finale aired, but you know, like you know, last weekend I just I had I watched you know I rewatched a lot of episodes when when they were aired, and like you know, like I, like I just like even though I had seen them before, I I just found myself like still laughing because because like. Because the jokes, the jokes are funny. They're con- they're constant. There's like 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 a, a lot a lot of times they could be they could be surreal, and that just adds a whole a whole a whole other level of humor to to them. And it's just a great show overall. And, and then um back back over the summer, I watched the Sopran- I watched all of the Sopranos because 
I, nice. Because before then, I had seen some episodes when they were because like like I like I never I never had I never had HBO on on, on, on my TV, but I have so I, like so I I use my laptop for for HBO for HBO now and HBO Max, but um, but you know like when I was in like high school, I, I would watch like an episode here and there of the, of the Sopranos because it was, it was, on, it was on syndication. It used to be on syndication on A and E, but over the summer I went through the whole show because, because I wanted to, I wanted to prep myself for the release of the prequel movie, the many saints of Newark, which is set to, well, it, it was set, to, it was set to come out in September, but then back in eight, but then back in April with all the movies getting pushed back, it got moved, it got moved to, it got moved to March so now I'm just so, so I figured oh you know now I have even more time to uh, to watch the show so so it probably man I only have until March to watch that crap all right I, I guess I, I gotta push it forward in my in my list I, I mean like like it it took it took me from like from like I th- I started it in, in like in like the middle of May and then I finished it in like the be- like the be- like the beginning of August so it took it took me about two about two and a half months it took me about about two and a half months. To watch it, it's like it's like like somewhere between eighty five and nine and ninety episodes. Each each, right. each episode is like between is like between fifty and sixty minutes. I I think I think like I think like the longest episode the longest episode is is like the final one, which may I think it's like maybe maybe just like just over an, an hour long, like the the very last episode. Okay. Man, I this is this is what sucks about talking TV every week is I find out stuff like this and then I have to push things forward on my queue. Like, I you know I'm I just started watching and I'll talk about this in a second. I just started watching Fargo, um, which I which I had said I was going to start watching uh-huh. back in the summer, but I was like, yeah, I'm just going to finish up Preacher first, and then I got really busy and so I couldn't watch as much TV, and so you know it took me a while to finish Preacher, and then you know I, I finally I decided you know I was watching Raised by Wolves and Love Calf Country, which again I'll talk about about both of those in a minute, but uh, I had. Uh, stuff going on there um and I, I just kept on pushing back fargo and now i finally started it and now i gotta get through it just so i could get through the sopranos before this movie comes <laughs> out and, and i already told alice i would watch buffy next so uh yeah i gotta i'll probably push sopranos ahead um just so i can catch the many saints of newark because i am pretty excited about that as well <laughs> but i have no history with the sopranos and i have some time off between now and january so i can maybe try to get that done relatively quickly but uh um especially if it is as addictive as i think it is it may not be that hard oh, it, like um, it's it, it, it's a it's a tremendous show yeah well th- you mentioned 30 rock 30 rock is one of those that like i i don't hate 30 rock i also just don't really particularly like 30 rock okay. like, it's not going to be one of those that i choose to sit down and watch like especially if we're talking about streaming through all or picking through all my streaming services okay. like if i'm talking about like uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I gotta sit down and watch a show. Like, I, I'm not gonna pick Thirty Rock like ever. I'm probably not gonna put it on my thing, but I don't mind. Like, my parents have antenna, and so when I'm at there, and they don't have any streaming services because they're, you know, relatively old. And um, you know, I, I don't mind um, turning on Thirty Rock reruns, but it's it's not one that I care to to, to make sure I watch or you mm-hmm. know one that I care to uh, you just so. But if it's if it's the best option. It's a, you know, it's, it's not a bad option. So, um, that's kind of my experience with that. Uh, well, uh, what else have you been watching recently? Well, I, I mean, I, I, well, I mean, like I haven't, I haven't really been benching anything else, but, but, you know, but, you know, I, I like, I like, I like a weekly basis whenever there's a new episode, you know, I like, um, I like Bob's burgers. I like, I like, I like, fa- I like family guy. So 
Sure. Yeah, those are all. Uh, yeah. Cool. And I, 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 I've been watching. And I, I know you have the Bob's Burgers movie coming out. Well, well, right now it's coming out in April. But let's see if let's see if that if that holds. Sure. Uh, I think I think it will, but we'll see. I I, th- I I I'm wondering if they'll just put it on Hulu or Disney Plus if if they don't want to, you know, if they don't want to risk COVID. Yeah. Um, I mean, because at this point it's owned by Disney. Yeah. But probably since the rest of Bob Burgers is on Hulu, that might be a good exclusive for them to try to. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I have been watching Scrubs a lot recently because uh, I've cited it as my favorite sitcom of all time, but I haven't watched it since high school. Of, I finally of, finished of, it. of all time, really. Yeah, it's my favorite sitcom of all time. Okay, um, and I and I'm sticking to that. Okay, no, uh, no, 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 I'm not judging. I, I, I just, I just um, like I've, I've never, I've never watched it, but I've heard, I've heard several people say like how, how funny it is. It's, it's a combination, and here's why it, it transcends Friends and How I Met Your Mother and The Office and Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn Nine Nine, and you know, I don't love all of those shows that I just mentioned, but I think those are sometimes the, the like classic go tos. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, here's why I think Scrubs is the best. It, you know, Arrested Development could be thrown in that conversation as well. But I mean, let's be honest: season four and five aren't that good. Oh no, 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 no! no. I, I, I agree. I agree with that one hundred percent. Right. Um, so, so we have to. So, like, Scrubs to me is a perfect combination of most episodes will get a belly laugh out of me. And some chuckles. And that's a rarity because there are even episodes of Friends that you can watch and you're like, this sucks. Um, like, uh, there aren't, you know, not every episode is a knockout of the park. And, you know, Scrubs has a couple of them um, and, a whole, and a whole season that I don't lump in with the rest of Scrubs. Uh, but uh, the, the very last season, because um, it's not the same show. Um, but, uh, but, you know, besides that, it's it's a really good show. Um, it, it makes me laugh a lot, but at the same time, it's one of those shows that might make you belly laugh. And then two and a half minutes later might make you cry. Like it's just that kind of show. Um, they handle emotion really well. They handle comedy really well. Um, it's creative geniuses behind that show. The biggest thing I think that this, that why label this and and it's been true all the way throughout. And I've said it before, this show is a master of of subversion. It is a master of, making you think that the episode is going to go one way and it's going to go a completely different way. And even when you're binging it, you start to notice some trends that they have. They still manage to change your expectations on your first watches. Maybe on your second and third watches, you really know what's coming. So you're like, Oh yeah. But like, if you're just watching it for the first time, they do some really interesting things um, there. So anyway, I finished. I finished my rewatch. Um, I did go ahead and rewatch season nine. Season nine is notoriously labeled as not as awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to say this: uh, season nine is not Scrubs, but season nine ain't that bad. And I thought that the first time I watched it too, it's it's watchable. I don't really want to watch more of it, but it's not worth everybody poo pooing on that they you know since that we've been doing for the last seven years since it came out or whatever. Mm-hmm um 10 years i I don't i don't know when it actually aired but it's not that bad if you're if you're just watching scrubs um if you're kind of trying to do a rewatch uh or a an initial watch since i've been rewatching it and giving it high praise since june um then i I would say pause at season eight okay but then come back and watch season nine um it does it does ruin some things though um and when I finished season eight, it was the intended series finale. It is the best series finale probably of all time for me. Oh, like 
dramas, comedies, hour-long shows, half hours, probably the best series finale. It's it's perfect. Everything about it is perfect. And part of the thing that's so perfect about it is that there's a very undefined future. And like kind of spoilers, but not really. There's a very undefined future. You don't know what your main character, JD's future is like. You don't know does this relationship work out? You don't know what is his life going to be. And so the way the show ends is you see him imagining all these, these fantasies of what he hopes his future is like. It's very optimistic. It's very hopeful. It's very charming and heartwarming, but it's always like, this is what I think my future is going to look like. And this is what I want it to look like. So I'm going to strive after this, but you also just don't know because they play a will they won't they for a while. And they're not even engaged at the end. Like there's not that big moment. There's not, or there's not like he finally gets her and they get married or whatever. Like it, it doesn't happen. And it, it's intentionally left that way that JD's future can be however you decide to put it. But then season nine comes along and it takes place a year later. And like he's married and he has a kid and he's a professor. He's a well-respected doctor. All these, like all these questions that, Every, that that they left you to think about have been answered and it just kind of kills the finale uh-huh. a little bit so that's why i said take a pause finish season eight take a pause come back to it in a week watch season nine and like lower your expectations and it's a fun time and it made me laugh quite a bit too and so it was worth doing and i've been watching the batman the animated series with my wife still we've been watching less because we've uh you know, with the Mandalorian being on mm-hmm. and with it getting close to Christmas, watching Christmas shorts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But uh, we did watch a couple episodes, uh, specifically Joker's Wild is the big, big one that we've watched in the last month. And gosh, that's an excellent episode. Um, do you have any history with that show? No, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I, I'm pretty sure the only like animated Batman, like anything that I've seen was um, uh, Bat- Batman Beyond. Okay. This is the show that just takes place before right, that. Right, yeah. So that's uh, I'm going to get to Batman Beyond after this. Well, we, we've gone uh, long enough without talking about it. How about The Mandalorian? You, you, do you keep up with that? Uh, uh, you, you, you know, you know what? I, 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 I don't. I think... Um I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I'm, I'm good. Like after, I think I'm going to take a break from, from from Star Wars because I feel I feel like Star like Star Wars was was always was always like a like a massive event. Part of and part of that is because how much time was was spent was spent like building building up to each installment and then and then each and then each new trilogy so because you know you know you had you had you had you had 16 you had 16 years in between return of the jedi and the phantom menace and then you had and then you had you had 10 years in between the release the releases of uh revenge of the sith and, and the for and the force and the force awakens but now but now it's like between the release of the force awakens and now you know you know you you, ha- you had the three like sequel trilogy movies you had you had you had you had rogue one you had hans yeah the han solo movie now you have the mandalorian and then it's i feel like plus obi-wan is coming out this summer as a as a as a series i think right yeah okay yep as a six episode series yeah so like, i feel like i i mean for me for me anyway there's just like 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 too much star wars at the moment so i'm kind of i'm kind of like just like like taking a break from it at the moment okay like maybe at some point i'll i'll get back into into the into the newer stuff but for now i'm just just like kind of like like taking a break from it look that that's fair i get it i get star wars fatigue I, i'm personally not that kind of person that's gonna that's gonna be 
there. Um, I love Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm all for more. I mean, I, I I don't think they should do more than what they currently have planned. Kind of same thing with Marvel. I I kind of wish the MCU was just one, maybe two films a year, um, as opposed to trying to get three in there. Like, take your time telling stories. You know, make it last. Like, not everything needs to come out right now. I don't need to be, you know, especially with your, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision uh-huh. and what if all of that's coming out soon. Like, just just take your time. Like, we'll be okay. Um, I don't need something new every month. Right, yeah. Um, so same thing with Star Wars. You know, one thing a year is fine. Or, like, one show and one movie is fine mm-hmm. uh, a year. That, that'd be okay. Or maybe two shows. So you get your Kenobi miniseries and your Mandalorian and then, you know potential Boba Fett series down the line and, you know, and, and a movie or something like that. Plus, plus, you know, whatever. Um, I will say this just about the Mandalorian season two. I'm not going to spoil anything. So don't worry about that. Um, people that are listening. I said it last time. This, this season is excellent. When we're recording this, the last episode that has released is the tragedy. It's not a spoiler. It's the title of the episode, uh, episode six. And uh, there's a lot of things I really appreciate about this season. Number one is they do fan service. Well, mm-hmm. number two is this is a technical masterpiece uh, in terms of both visual and or both practical and computer. And you could tell they're, they're having a lot of fun making this series as well. Okay. Uh, that's, that's another big part. Um, and I think that this show is excellent. And one of the things I'm really appreciating about this season is that it's not the same directors coming back. And, Trust me, I loved the directors from the first one because you had Bryce Dallas Howard and Taika Waititi and John Favreau and Dave Filoni and uh, and Deborah Chow. But Deborah Chow's been working on Obi Wan, and uh, I, I think Rick Rickett maybe has a later episode. I don't know for sure. Um, I don't think he's appeared this year, and uh, but maybe he's been working on Atlanta or Dope or something like that. Uh, but this year, uh, this season, they had uh, um, Peyton Reed. Um, the Ant-Man director um, do an episode. And that was an interesting choice. And I think it worked out really well. And Robert Rodriguez did an episode and that's really cool. And uh, Carl Weathers got to direct an episode. And I thought that was awesome. And uh, you know, you had the return of Dave Filoni in the director's chair in just a perfect episode. So I think, I think that's been interesting. This season is excellent. Um, I'm really excited to see how it's going to finish. I, I think I know exactly how it's going to finish, but because uh, it's not that show that, I mean, every episode is kind of its own contained story, mm-hmm. but I, I think you kind of know where the overall arc is going. Um, yeah, I think you can kind of tell from the end. You know, when season one, I think right now at the end of season episode six, you know exactly what episode seven, exactly what episode eight you're going to be, and that's okay because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched one more episode of Lovecraft Country. Um, I like this show. I just I, I wanted to barrel through Raised by Wolves before I finish this. I pro- I'm going to finish Lovecraft Country. I like it. Um, I'm hoping it's just a miniseries, though. I'm hoping. I don't know if it's been renewed. I'm hoping. I want this to be a miniseries. And part of that is because I finished Raised by Wolves. I've talked about how I wanted to stop the show, and then I've heard from enough people, just finish it out. Um, I don't know that I would give myself that same advice. I, I think I should have just stopped when I said I was not interested. I think the show does some interesting things, but this is a perfect de- example of a 10-episode first season that really could be three or four. And could give me just as much everything and i know there's there's a whole lot of nothing this is a very sci-fi heavy this is a very like ominous open nothing going on for a lot of the episodes Uh, i i like where the story has gone um i think the finale is actually pretty good um uh, and i'm excited to see where the future goes but this is a show that i'm not picking up season two which is rare for me to watch a first season or for a couple seasons and then just stop watching a show. The only ones I could think of that I really did with that were arrow and the walking dead. And I don't have regrets on either of those. 
Um, and I did that with the flash unintentionally, but you know, I really liked the flash. Mm. Um, but this is a show that I'm just, I'm not going to pick up season two. Um, just because it's, it's just too long. Like I said, if they're four or five episodes, fine. Perfect. I'm okay with that, but not, but not 10. Um, and, and there's that. Do you have, uh, I got a couple more, but do you want to mention anything else before I mention a couple more? I feel like I've been talking for a while. Uh, uh, you know, you know, I will say, um, uh, when you mentioned, um, Atlanta before, uh, you know, I, I don't follow Atlanta, but I remember reading about this really like this really crazy episode from, 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 from season two called Teddy Perkins. So I watched, so I, so I, I bought that episode off of Amazon and you know what? I'm just gonna say, even if you don't want, like, 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 like I, like, I don't, like I said, I, I don't, I don't follow Atlanta. But even if, so, even if you don't follow the show, like, just, just watch this, watch this episode uh, from season two called called Teddy Perkins, and like, like you'll, 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 you'll be able to follow it. You'll be able to follow it, even if you don't follow the show itself. It's such. It's probably one of like the creepiest episodes of of of, T- of TV that I've ever seen, and like and you know Atlanta, it's not like it's not like 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 a like a like a show within the horror genre, but but just like this like this this epi- this really creepy episode they did, like it just it it just it just worked on so it just worked in so many ways, and and. And like if and if you want to go ahead and 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 watch it, actually, I th- actually I think I think Atlanta might even be available on on Hulu. So you know if you have if, it is on Hulu. Yeah, so yep. if you have Hulu, go on Hulu, look for the episode Teddy Perkins in in season two. I think it, I think it might be episode episode five or six. I'm I'm not sure, but definitely definitely check it out. Okay, it, it, Atlanta is on my queue. It is very high on my like next one. Of, some of my next shows to watch. I'm really excited to get into mm-hmm. it. Um, I I mentioned that I started watching Atlanta's Lost and Missing Children. It's a docu series on HBO. Um, I mentioned I started watching that last month, and I I I watch shows like this at the gym, and I just haven't been to the gym a lot last month for two reasons. One is that um. Uh, the COVID cases had spiked in my area and I had a family member that I was in contact with that tested positive and we were with them socially distant and wearing a mask, but still I didn't want to potentially spread COVID to the gym. Um, So I didn't go for a couple weeks. Um, And, and then I, it was also like a week uh, when I, you know, when, when everything was good, um, when I knew when I got tested and it came back negative, I was like a week away from a colonoscopy and I was just like, I don't want to risk it because I don't want to have to reschedule this. So I'm just going to stay at home uh, and do my best to to not have contact. And so, um, so I just haven't been to the gym a lot this last mm-hmm. month. Uh, but I did go this week um, once, and I did watch the second episode. The show is really good. It's really interesting. It's really fascinating. I'm so excited to see where it's going to go from here. Uh, it's awful, awful stuff that is happening. Uh, it's it's just interesting though, and I think it's a story that needs to be told. I think it's a story that more people need to be aware of. That thirty, um, thirty African American kids in Atlanta went missing. Um, some were found murdered uh, between nineteen seventy nine and nineteen eighty one. It's just like that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really good. Uh, and I want to mention this is us. I love this show. Um, they just did something that pissed me off though, which is, uh, <laughs> when they decided to come back. So this show typically premieres in September. 
but because of COVID, they had to push it back. And so it came out in November instead. And uh, they released their first two episodes one night, which like, cool shows do that. I'm here for it. But they did that because they did it the week before the election, before election night. And so they knew that because it's on NBC, they'd be running the news. They ain't going to show this is us because they want it to be the news. They want to get as many people tuned into that as they can. So they released two episodes. Then they had a week off and then they released a third episode, just a one hour episode. And then they're like, Hey, we're not coming back until January 5th. And it's like, just wait until January and release your episodes. Like, even if you need to do a couple like this, like it's two hours this week for the next three weeks. Like even why give me two episodes, make me, be off a week and then give me an episode and then make me be off. Make me be off for a month, like two months. This is stupid. (laughs) Whoever, whoever's decision that one that is, is dumb and God bless his heart. (laughs) Uh, But I really like the show. I think it's good quality. Um, And lastly, I'll talk about Fargo just because I started that because I've been meaning to gosh, this show is excellent. It's probably my favorite TV pilot of all time. I'm so excited to see where this where this is going. I've seen the first four episodes by the time we're recording this. I am, um, I'm so excited. I just want to binge everything. I just I, I need to just take a day that I could just get through the rest of the season because it is thrilling. Are they in season four it, right now? Uh, they're in season four right now. I just started season one, um, but my hope is like, man, I want to be done with this soon because at least like it's an anthology season. Yeah. Uh, series so like i want to be I'm, I'm so enveloped in seasons one story i can't wait to watch more um and and then i can't wait to dive into season two and see what else they're going to give me and i can't wait to dive into season three and see what else they're going to give me and i'm very intrigued by season four you know taking place in kansas city starring chris rock like i'm here for it mm-hmm. so um yes it is it is worth all the hype it has been worth i wish i could have start could have started this sooner i wish i could have pushed it up higher on my priority list i just you know, watching movies for the show and work and lots of things. Gosh, I just, I'm here for this show. It's excellent. <laughs> so, um, that's all I got on what I've been watching recently. Vincent, what are, what are shows that you keep up on like a week to week basis? Like when there's a new episode or a new season out, you, you got to get around to it sometime soon. Uh, well, like I said, uh, Bob's, Bob's burgers, fa- uh, family guy, although there isn't, a season going on going on right now for it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Whenever, whenever, yeah. whenever there is a new season, you know, I, 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 I always, I always make sure to, uh, to watch that. That is, that's pretty much, uh, that, 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 that's, that's, pr- that's pretty much it. At the, at, I mean, as far, as far as week to week goes, like that's, that's pretty much it for me. Do you have other shows that are like that? Uh, it's always sunny. Like just when it when it drops on Netflix or HBO, like it doesn't have to be on right now. But do you have other shows that it's like, man, when, when Westworld is on, I gotta watch Westworld, or when the new season of Stranger Things is on, like I gotta make sure I watch that. Like, do you have other shows that kind of fall into that category? Not, not really. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, like most most of, most of the time now, if there is. Like if there is a TV show that the, uh, uh, that I get into, it's not something that's that's doing like week to week installments. Like if I if I get into something like a lot of times these days, like the whole season is already available on like Netflix or Hulu or something. So like so I, I pretty so with that being the case, I I just watch it like whenever I whenever I can. Sure, 
yeah, I mean, sometimes it's a chore to just keep up with all the new things. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the more they pile up, I just, the, the more likely I am to push it off. Like, man, I've been wanting to watch the West Wing, but man, that's seven seasons is a big task. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be a while before I get around to the West Wing. And especially when it's like, well, I can watch, I still haven't seen Euphoria. Uh, and they dropped a new special that I'm excited to see. It's just like I, one season of, of Euphoria versus seven seasons of West Wing. It's like Euphoria seems more important and right now and more urgent for mm-hmm. me. So just because there's less of a commitment and it'd be easier to keep up on. So yeah, man, every time this week, every time I'd say this list of ads every week, so uh, or every month. So um, I watch America's Got Talent. Always say that. And it's always that it's a guilty pleasure. It's not good, but I love it. <laughs> um, the Boys, which I've been talking about recently because the, the new season was out. Um, last week tonight with John Oliver, which just wrapped up its season, um, which is great. Um, Chef Show is excellent. It's better than anything on Food Network. Um, I really love Chef Show. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Barry uh, is excellent on HBO. Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. What We Do in the Shadows on FX. Gosh, that's a, might be the best comedy out there. Big fan of Westworld. Big fan of Black Mirror. Big fan of Mindhunter. Atypical on Netflix. Uh, documentary Now. The Mandalorian, F is for Family, and the two that I'm adding this week are It's Always Sunny, because I love It's Always Sunny. When there's new episodes, I gotta see them. And uh, and same with Big Mouth, Big Mouth, which we just um, we just uh, got a new uh, season of Big Mouth to drop on Netflix. So that's uh, uh, that's all that we've uh, that I kind of keep up on a week-to-week basis. But uh, just real quickly, uh, Vince, what are uh, what is your favorite TV show of all time? Of all time, wow. Uh, I'm probably gonna say The Sopranos. Okay, you liked it that much. I did. I I I I I, 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 I did. Um, you know, I, you know, I really think for the most part, it really just comes down to like how great and magnetic James Gandolfini is. Like, like not not only as Tony Soprano, but 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 just as just as like as like as just as as an actor in general. I mean, he really he really does have like such a commanding presence and like you like you whenever he's on whenever he's on screen you really you really can't you can't turn away from him like he's just like he's just he's just that 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 powerful of a of an actor okay yeah i'm sticking with hbo's watchmen it's excellent i've i've ranted and raved about how good it is before uh and then real quickly vincent just you know we're uh <laughs> we've been talking a lot about yeah. tv what's uh what what are, what is next on your queue like what's the next show you want to watch or the next couple shows, the ones that are like really urgent, you're trying to get around to quickly. Uh, you know what? I've been I've been meaning to get into um, what we do in the shadows because I, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the movie and and actually 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 um uh, 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 Shane Shane has Shane has told me how uh, how 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 good how how great and how funny it is. So so um you know you know hope, hopefully at some point I'm able to uh, I'm able to to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, this show's excellent. I love it. And uh, and very last thing we'll talk about TV is uh, what is one hot take that you have for TV? What's that? Uh, what's that one thing? You know, a show that you hate that everybody loves, or vice versa, or like just what's that one thing that you're like? It's an unpopular opinion, but it's my opinion. The thing is, like, I don't really follow TV like too too much, so I'm I'm not really sure like what I'm not really sure like what people's opinions are of of of, of a lot of shows. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, uh, again, I don't, I don't know like how many people are, 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 are saying this, but I know, I know, like, 
I know American Horror Story is is, is still. I know that's that's like a that's still a popular show. And yep. even though, even though Jessica Lange came back for for a few episodes for I for I think it was I think it was the uh, the uh, I think it was for American Horror Story Apocalypse. I think she came back for like a few episodes. I I really I really I really feel like they they should they should they shouldn't have continued the show past uh, past Freak Show because 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 Freak because Freak Show was the fourth season and that and that was like the last season that had Jessica Lang on as like a full as like a full time cast member and to, and to me and you know as as much as much as I like Sarah Paulson um like in, in American Horror Story. To me, to me, like J- Jessica Lang, what like she was that show, and I, I really, I really don't think they should have continued it. Like after she decided, after she decided to leave. Sure, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a that's a bad take at all. I think, uh, I think within the film loving community, I think a lot of people agree. But I, man, the numbers don't lie. Tons of people are still watching yeah. that show. Uh, my hot take is that shows should be as long or as short as they need to be to tell the story they're trying to tell. And that goes for both each episode and both season. I don't, I think we need to get away from the model of, uh, you know, this, this needs to be 13 or 24 episodes uh-huh. or whatever. I think, I think, look, if you want a seven episode season season, you do a seven episode season. And if it's, you know, Mandalorian is great at this about uh, this second part about how, like if your episode needs to be 50 minutes, if it needs to be 30 minutes, if it needs to be 42, whatever, However long, especially with streaming services, however long your season needs to be, that's okay. It doesn't need to be a traditional number. And however long your episodes need to be, again, it doesn't need to be a traditional number. Yeah. And all that is fine. Like, I don't, there, we, we don't need to have time constraints on, on things. And, uh, but yeah, you know, we do need to still also make sure like, look, if I, your, your 10 episode miniseries doesn't need to be 26 episodes mm-hmm. just because you can, right? Like, you know, reel it in, but at the same time, I don't, I don't think it, you know, like shoot for an hour, like shoot for however long you want to shoot for. I'm okay. Well, that about does it for TV. And, uh, so let's move on to the B plot. We got our B plot this week is going to be a question from Joseph. He asked, what's a double or triple feature that you would recommend everybody to watch? Now this excludes film series. So we're not able to say things like uh you know the lord of the rings trilogy or you know a star wars original trilogy or you you know any like selection of 007 movies like you can't just pick within the same franchise so um i've got to, i've got five responses and i think vince said you uh you had two so we're going to do a uh, pretty sequential order the first one i want to talk about is i would do uh swingers rounders and blind spotting uh the reason why i would pick these three is because these are all movies that are about toxic friendships like there there are the main characters in each of these movies are good guys who are trying to do better uh but they have a toxic friend that is really messing their stuff up and uh um i think they bring insight into what kind of friends we should keep close the other one that i'll say kind of here right off the bat is i would do the first half of full metal jacket uh, I was talking about that with Robert a couple weeks ago. Uh, I would just do the first half just until the end of training camp. So the first maybe 45 minutes uh, pair that with a few good men, because those are both like military instances of, you know, on base incidents. And uh, I think that would be a, a really interesting double pairing. Uh, how about you? You got one for me? 
Okay, the first double feature that I'm reckon I'm uh, recommending is uh, 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 both the uh, the two movies come from writer direct from writer director Chloe Zhao. Uh, these two movies are So Long as My Brothers Taught Me and The Rider. Uh, and the, and the reason why I'm recommending these two movies is be is because her latest movie uh, Nomadland is currently in a very limited like awards qualifying run. It's um it's being it's uh right it's playing right now on a couple of virtual cinemas, and um it ha- and it has a, a wider a wider release um in February in February, and um uh one reason uh. Well, another reason why you should really check these movies out is is because um you know just just like No Madland, uh, so long as my brothers taught me and and, and the writer, they um they both take place in, in the American Midwest. They tell they tell stories that are focused on groups of people that you really don't see too often in uh in in movies. And Chloe Zhao, she um she hires a lot of non professional actors um so um so, so that really does. Add a degree of authenticity to the stories that that she's trying that she's trying to tell, um, but actually in Nomadland, um, her lead character is played by double Oscar winner Frances McDormand. But but other other than her, um, mo- mo- most most of the cast for Nomadland is comprised of no- of non professional actors. So um so so before you see Nomadland and if you you know to get a taste of Chloe Zhao's style and, and how she's a, and how she's able to to capture the the vastness of um of the American Midwest landscapes then definitely check out songs my songs my brothers taught me and the rider uh in in November 2021 uh Chloe Zhao has um has a Marvel movie coming out called Eternals so um so if if you if you're interested in seeing how she transitions from indie movies to uh to a blockbuster then then you'll want to check out uh, Eternals when it comes out in uh in November 2021 sure so I'll I'll definitely check out at least one of those beforehand my my kind of one that I have sandwiched in the middle is I would say uh that you should give a double feature for Little Miss Sunshine and The Peanut Butter Falcon and uh the reason for this being that uh these are uh adventure movies um, almost like a little bit of sunshine is a road trip movie. Um, peanut butter Falcon is a road trip movie without the road. Um, they're both, li- um, relatively lighthearted, uh, both comedies, uh, both have excellent performances from some pretty well-known actors. Uh, they're both indie movies. Um, none of them, neither of them were blockbusters or had a terribly big budget, which, you know, kind of surprising looking at the cast for, especially like little miss sunshine. But, uh, um, yeah, these are both excellent, charming, uh, just really, really sweet, really funny movies. All right. And the next double feature that I'm recommending is, uh, is Orson Welles's Citizen Kane and directed, uh, and director David Fincher's Mank, uh, which just premiered on Netflix this past Friday. Uh, Mank tells a story of, of, um, of the writer of Citizen Kane, Herman J. Mankiewicz, as he, as he's writing the story and as he's writing the screenplay and trying to get it done in, t- in time for, or- for Orson Welles to film it. Um, this is actually the longest wait that we've had between David Fincher movies. Um, it's been, cause, uh, it's been six years since his last movie, uh, Gone Girl was released. So this is definitely a, wo- a welcome return for, for David Fincher. And, um, and 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 the and the uh, the screenplay is actually written by 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 his fa- by his father Jack Fincher who who pa- who passed away in 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 April in April two thousand three. So um and um and, and and it really it really is a a, a, ter- a terrific a terrific uh, sc- uh screenplay that uh, uh, that he that he writes. It go it goes be- it goes between 
uh, Mankiewicz writing Citizen. It goes back and forth between uh, Mankiewicz writing Citizen Kane and and the and the years and the years that he spends in in Hollywood in Hollywood leading leading up to being given the assignment to write to write uh, Citizen Kane. Uh, Gary Oldman plays Mank. Uh, 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 you know, it's a, ter- a terrific performance, and um, I would I would say Mank is pro- is probably. Uh, uh, one of the best movies of the year of the year right now. So, um, so if so if you have if you have Netflix, uh, definitely check out Mank. Right. Yeah. That's um that that's a pretty pretty good double feature. Um, I watched Citizen Kane recently for the podcast, and I watched Mank last night actually. Um, and uh, yeah, I agree. That's uh, I mean, part of it too is I mean, it's the story of making the movie. So that's uh. Uh, that's, that's always going to be a positive for a double feature. Um, so, but that's, uh, yeah, that's a good pick. Um, my last two are, uh, I'm, I would do a double feature for eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and about time. Uh, the reasons for these is not because, not just because they're my two favorite rom-coms, but, uh, because they are also sci-fi rom-coms. Uh, but really, uh, what, what I love about these movies is that it gives, um, a, a sci-fi in a way um, reasons and explanations and metaphors about mistakes that that are made in relationships and about um, choosing to ignore those mistakes or choosing to embrace those mistakes and choosing to make the best of every situation. Um, you know, about time being a little bit more time travel-y, uh, where he could go back and make everything perfect. Um, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, you know, choosing to rid ourselves of the faults that make us who we are. I think both movies have an excellent message about embracing your faults, embracing the awkward, embracing um, everything that makes your relationship a relationship other than, you know, just its quote unquote perfect moments. Well, uh, well, we got one last little piece here before we wrap up and that's a uh, spinoff. So Vincent, what is that one thing in pop culture that you want to tell everybody uh, to go check this out or you want to steer everybody away from? For this week's spinoff, I'm recommending two movies, both of which are Amazon originals. Uh, the first one is called is called uh, I'm Your Woman, which stars Rachel Brosnahan. She's she plays the lead on Amazon on the Amazon original series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, so uh, I'm Your Woman is it takes place in the 1970s and it's a crime drama um, invo- involving a housewife who must go on the run after her husband, who is involved in some in, in, in illegal in some illegal activity, uh, kills his boss, which causes some of his associates to come to come to come looking for for his wife, and she must go into hiding. And the and the other movie is is Sound of Metal, which stars Riz Ahmed. Uh, he uh, he was uh, he played the lead role in the HBO series The Night of. Uh, Riz Ahmed plays a heavy metal drummer who at the very beginning of the movie starts to experience progressive hearing loss and because of this his girlfriend who's played by Olivia Cook and she had a, she had starring roles in in the TV show Bates Motel and movies such as um Ouija and, and Ready Player One she uh she gets him a spot in uh in a in a in a in a community for the hearing impaired to ha- to help to help him become used to losing his hearing and um and adjusting to a world to uh, and, and adjusting to a world without without sound and um uh uh, uh both uh, both movies I, I highly recommend they uh both they both started streaming on on just on on, on December 4th so um so if you if you have if you have Amazon I I highly recommend uh watching uh these two movies 
Excellent. Yeah, I, uh, I'll definitely be checking at least the sound of metal out. But that other one sounds very interesting as well. I'm sure I'll get around to it at some point. Uh, I'm going to talk about I did a, I did a movie marathon on Saturday and um, I, I did uh, oh, five movies and I had seen three of them. And I really want to recommend one of the three or warn one of the three of them. But I just don't really want to talk necessarily about any any of the three of them. And I'm talking about one of the other ones here pretty soon, but uh, I, so I'm, so that leaves the the other one, one that I have seen before. Uh, I'm talking about Sicario here. Uh, this is an excellent movie. It's a slow burn. It's a two hour movie that really feels like 2:45, uh, and it's a movie that will you will if if you sit down if you were if you saw this in the theaters you would leave the the theaters and realize that you were clenching the seat rest the entire movie because uh, it is one of the most intense movies you'll ever see. Uh, it's incredibly well acted. It's got a great story plotted out, uh, incredibly directed. Visually, it's stunning. Um, there is everything to love about this movie, and I just think it gets better on rewatches. This is maybe my third or fourth time seeing it, and I think it just gets better each time. So uh, so there's that. And on that note, uh, that's a wrap. So quick reminder that Sifra Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media. And if you're interested in writing for Sifpop.com or you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore during the B-plot, then you can email me at writersroom at sifpop.com. Uh, that email should be in the description uh, in your podcast episode description on your player. Um, and if you want to support the show, help out with some costs we pay for out of pockets, fees, equipments, and rentals, you could Venmo me at Schweit Castle, or you can email writersroom at sifpop.com and I'll give you a PayPal address to send uh, some, some donations to. Uh, and please don't forget as you're uh, also trying to help out the show, if you are on Apple podcasts, please remember to leave us a review. It helps out the show more than you uh, would ever possibly know. You can find me on Twitter and on Letterboxd at Schweit Castle, and we can chat movies, but, uh, Vince, if people want to continue this conversation, if people want to talk to you about The Sound of Metal, or if people want to uh, talk to you about the Chloe Zhao movies, uh, where can they do that? What's the best uh, place to get a hold of you and chat movies? Uh, you can re- you can uh, interact with me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Vin Abaticola. That's, that's, capital, that's capital V as in Victor, I, N as in Nancy, and then capital A, B as in boy, B as in boy, A, T as in Tom, E, C O L A and if you want and if you'd like to, to uh, and if, if you'd like to if you would like to visit my blog uh, my my uh, website is is uh cinemasconversations.blogspot.com awesome well hey uh, it's been great having you on uh, for the show really really got a, uh, had a great time talking TV with you and uh, we're going to have you on again Next week, I'm talking about a couple goats with Robert. We're going to be talking about The Nightmare Before Christmas and the original Miracle on 34th Street. And then, So for next month, uh, for January, I'm going to be catching up with TV with Shane again. So that'll be fun, uh, getting a chance to do that. Uh, but in the meantime, events, we got to get back to the writer's room. Mm-hmm.